Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David to talk about the win over Dundee United on Sunday. We look ahead to our first European away day in Zurich and preview Celtic in the Premiership. How are we all this week guys? Very good Ross, very good. What about yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Looking forward to um, the travel starting tomorrow. Dublin and then Zurich. You looking forward to that as well, Gordon? Yes, absolutely. Um, first time I've left the country since 2019. So, uh, strange and long overdue feeling. I'm sure it'll be getting back on a flight. David, you you looking forward to um, the the travel firstly and then the, the, the trip? Yes, to both. Um, I've travelled a little bit more recently than, than Gordon. I was actually at the dizzy heights of Dublin in June. Um, thankfully, we'll be traipsing into the city centre because it's too fucking expensive. But apart from that, uh, a lovely place. Um, but it's all about uh, the main event, which is Zurich, obviously. And uh, we'd like to tick off another country I've not been to. It'll be very interesting to see what the Swiss have to offer. Toblerones. Lid. What I'm going for, eh? It's big Toblerone. Do you think they'll actually sell big Toblerones, or do you reckon it's like you know one of these things? It's the better. Or I'll be putting them in the airport. We'll get one in Basel on the way home. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Don't worry, son. We'll get you a wee Toblerone. We'll get you a wee one. So we're just going for a big Toblerone. Correct. Win or lose, we're on the Toblerones. Good place to start. 4-1-1 over Dundee United on Sunday. Good performance and result. Yeah. Um, did I not say 3-0 on yeah. my uh, wee, wee, wee prediction there? So technically, one by three goals. So uh, if we were doing a, a predictor for this week, I would be getting the points. Um, yeah, it was a perfect start. Uh, Lauren Shanklin inside a minute. You could feel the atmosphere. Um, and they started this game how they should have started the Ross County game. Um, I think it's important when we're at home that we come out, we boss the game. Um, we've got a lot of attacking talent in our team. And I think it's important that, that we, we we play to our strengths. And, and unfortunately, we, we don't always do that. And I think that's the frustration um, amongst the support because they're turning up to be entertained. They want to see their team attack and score lots of goals. Um Second half, we've certainly seen that. First half, apart from the first minute, we probably didn't really do too um, do too much, although we did have little spells. But I thought um, I thought if we'd got a second goal, the result probably would have been whatever we wanted to, uh, it to be. And uh, I think the only disappointing thing is that didn't come in the first half because I felt, you know, if we had got that second goal, Dundee United would have absolutely crumbled. But I think we... Um, we became a little bit passive midway through the first half, started to let them into the game a little bit, gave them a slight bit of belief. Um, and then the halftime whistle, I mean, listen, they weren't peppering us, of course, but um, you still felt that, like, if they maybe upped the tempo a little bit, if they maybe had a few more of their dangerous players in the park, they potentially could have caused us a couple of problems. But um, but we scored the goals at the perfect time, really, um, obviously in the first minute as well. Can't ask for anything better than that, can you? And then just right at the start of the second half, I've always maintained for a long time that good teams kill games off in the first five, ten minutes of the second half. And Barry Mackay with a wonderful goal. 
you can question the goalkeeper on it, um, but it's still a fantastic strike to come inside and take that on. Something we didn't see enough of from from Mackay last season, as good as he was, and it looks like um, he's actually went up a level now, adding goals to his game, which is fantastic to see. Um, the third goal, obviously, we get a little bit fortune uh, with with the goalie pamming it right to George Grant, but you know you've got to follow those types of types of strikes up, um, and then. Obviously, the referee ruins everyone's fun by giving Dundee United a penalty that never was. Uh, so it was an embarrassing decision. VAR obviously uh, would would I think overturn that on reflection. Um, they score, but apart from that little chance in stoppage time where they hit the side net, they they never really looked like um, looked like coming back or forcing a, a, a great comeback. So I thought Hearts were pretty comfortable, and it was good that, that we got the fourth in the end to put a little bit of icing on the cake and uh, good to see one of the substitutes coming off the bench, Josh Ginelli. Uh, it was a really good finish, actually. Um, good touch. Took him away from the from the United defender and, and took him right through and goal and a really calm, cool finish from a player that I think has a decent amount of ability. He just unfortunately doesn't show it enough. Um, but if he can come on and, and make impacts like that, then um, it can only be a good thing for for, for the team so overall a, a really good day at the office a good result and uh, back up to third where I expect us despite what certain pundits were thinking and saying on Saturday is where we'll stay we'll maybe talk about that a wee bit later Gordon because that did irk you at the weekend um, good to see Lawrence Shanklin scoring again and obviously Barry Mackay scoring as well both of them have now scored two goals this season David yeah, it's exactly what you want. <clears throat> you want your, well, especially for Shanklin, you want your new signing to hit the ground running and he's, he's certainly done that. Um, fastly becoming a, a fan's favourite, which I think it doesn't come to a shock to many Hearts fans, I would say. Contrary to what I think 11 other um, clubs as fans were saying on Twitter, that, you know, he's never done it in the Premiership. He hasn't proven himself and I think we'll clearly see that he definitely will and he's already starting to do that. And like you say, Barry Mackay scoring, it was something that I think we all touched on last season that he just wasn't doing enough. I mean, he had it, he could uh, do as many assists as he liked, but just couldn't seem to buy himself a goal um, last season. But good to see that he's already equaled his tally for last season. Uh, and it's, I mean, he doesn't do anything simple, does he? he there's two goals this season. There have been two moments of magic, really. So, listen, if he can score, score a few more of them, there's no problem with that at all from, from any, any of us, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it looks like we've now got a little bit of um, kind of a little bit of fluidity and, and kind of a, a bit of a knack now up front that we kind of maybe just lacked a little bit of cutting edge from last season that we now feel like we are kind of getting to. Because um, I think last season, especially in those games, okay, maybe not so much Dundee United because we actually scored five against them last season at home. But there was quite a few games where, you know, we'd maybe only scored one and we couldn't quite get that second. And in some games it did cost us. Um, whereas I think now we've got that ability up front um, and certainly now chipping in from midfield, you hope, with players like Grant, who seems to, to want to get on in the action as well. Um, you know, we've got those kind of guys that can pop up with big goals and big moments to, to, to help steer us through games. And, you know, it's it's something that can to, can really bring us forward because now it's, it's all about having that depth as well. Um, so if you've got players, for example, like to bring off the bench, as, as Gordon mentioned with Ginelli, you know, it's something we didn't really have last season. Was anyone that you could uh, bring off the bench to score? If you can get his eye in, that would really help the team and, and help his case um, to get more opportunities in this team. Um, 
so yeah, all in all, very positive and, and, and good performance on, on Sunday. Good to see as well, Gordon, a you know, bit of strength and depth in the squad. Do you think we need to add any more? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely do. Um, I, I think certainly um, I'd like to add, a, a, see Hearts add in our creative midfielder. We, we talk about George Grant there and unfortunately last season, I think our Achilles heel was that, that there wasn't enough goals from midfield. Um, you know, Boyce obviously uh, scored the majority of them um, and then obviously Sims added a few, Halliday got a few. Um, but apart from that, you know, you'd, I think what Devlin got one Beningame, I think, got maybe two or three, possibly. Haran, likewise. Um, it's not really enough. It's not really the numbers that, that you know you want to see. You want to see at least one midfielder get up to double figures, if possible. I think Grant's got that in his locker. Um, obviously, you've got Forrest in there, who I think will, will certainly chip in with his fair, fair amount of goals. And Mackay, as well, is already on his way to doing that. But um, I certainly would like to see us add in our creative kind of midfielder. I mean, the only other one that was similar to George Grant in, in any way was Adam McInef, and obviously he's left the club. So I feel they definitely need um, another, a, a different kind of option in the middle of the park. And then obviously we, we definitely do need another striker. And um, oh, listen, we've been linked with several players and um, you just hope that the right one comes in. Uh, we need a bit of quality. I think I want someone else that can come in and chip in goals someone on the bench, because uh, I've mentioned it before, and you look back at the Scottish Cup final and, um, you know, Rangers bring on two players and, and both those players score goals. We, unfortunately, didn't have anyone that I thought was capable of coming off the bench and um, digging us out a result. Um, so it's good to see Ginelli doing that, but I still think we need more. We need another striker. We um, uh, set, well, e even uh, someone who could play in that front three and, and add more depth there. I think defensively, I think we're all right. I'm quite happy where we are. I mean, I like the look of um, Rolls. I think he's settled in really well. Looks a, looks a real find. Um, if he can continue his form, then then I've no issues there. Um, I think, listen, I think we should play with a, a back four anyway. Um, at least what that does is it, it gives uh, the manager a headache because Craig Halkett started well. Um, listen, I had big reservations over, over Halkett. Um, I said many times over over lockdown in particular, um, I just thought he wasn't good enough, and he was a big part of how Hearts went down. But credit to him, he certainly looks um, looks a, a more solid centre half now, probably a more experienced centre half of anything. You've got Kingsley in there as well, and to be fair to uh, to Cochrane because he's came in and and I thought at the derby he was excellent. He was one of our best players, and again he turned in a really good performance. Um, on Sunday there, so um, there's certainly headaches to have, and and Michael Smith as well. You know, I can't I can't um, not forget him. To be fair, because I thought he had another solid game on Sunday there. Um, so you you've you've got competition now in that back four. Obviously, if he needs to, um, he can switch to a back three. But I would rather see us primarily playing with a four. And what that does is it, it gives you more options, and then at least if you know you do get a couple of niggle and injuries then you've got players that can come in who are hungry and actually can defend you know you've got Lewis Nielsen in there as well he's just young but by all accounts the games that I did watch him in he looks uh, he looks like he's he's got something about him and um, I'm sure he'll contribute this season um, so d defensively I know they've spoke about wanting to add a centre half I, I wouldn't be too concerned if they didn't I think they should concentrate more on certainly the midfield an attacking type midfielder 
which is why I'm glad they didn't go for Davenport because I think he's too similar to Beningame, Haran and Devlin. I just think that um, we need we, we need a different type of option in the middle of the park. And if they can do that and then if they can add another striker um, who can make a similar impact to um, Shankland and Sims and things like that, then you have to say it's another fabulous window for the club. Do you think we're, David, do you think we're waiting to see what Europa League or Conference League will be in until we sign a player? Or do you think... I don't know. It's hard to tell, really. I mean, I'd be surprised if we were, to be honest, because, you know, you've got group stage football anyway. You're playing six games after these two. You know that for a fact. So I would be surprised if they were waiting for that. Maybe if there's... there's maybe it's we're looking for a player that's waiting to see which one we get in, possibly. I'm not sure. Uh, I can maybe understand that reasoning more because, obviously, I'm sure every player would rather play in the Europa League than the Conference League. Um, but, no, I think I think probably as we've kind of learned from the past that patience is a virtue when it comes to these things. And too many times we've rushed in for players in the past, giving them big contracts, big wages, and they've ended up to be duds. Um, and you'd have to say that in the last two transfer windows, we've, we've really got a pretty good ratio of of good players to, to duds. So I, I think it's just one of those, you know, m- most likely what we've got two weeks till the transfer window ends, there's plenty of time to get in a player and free agency is always a good option to look at. We've had some gems in the past there. So I, I, I'd be, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned if we don't get anything in over the next few days. I mean, it may be the case that, you know, we're, we're waiting for an agent or a player's contract to wind down before, you know, something comes in. It's not something that I'd, I'd really be confident in saying on what the hell's happening. The parts have been pretty tight-lipped on on rumours, which is a good thing, because um, too many times in the past, leaks get thrown out pretty early doors and then, you know, turn out to be damp squibs or things fall through or, something, you know, another club comes in because they found out. So certainly, um, I don't think any of us will have any idea really what's going on until pretty much the deal is almost done. Um but as Gordon mentioned, you know, we are there is really only two areas. I think backup goalie is where a fan from a fan's point of view, we really need one. Um, but that doesn't sound like that's gonna happen. Uh, the 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 backroom staff and the manager and the coaches all seem to think that Cheesy's the next successor to 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 Craig Gordon. I mean, God help us if Gordon has any sort of injury in, in the next wee while, because I think we are in trouble if that's the case. Um I certainly wouldn't trust Cheesy to keep a uh, <laughs> to keep out anything, um, judging on previous performances. You watch, we'll get Man United in Europa League and we'll, uh, Craig Gordon will get injured. It would be, it'd be the battle of the duds and goal, wouldn't it? De Gea or Cheesy, if that was the case, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, we'll wait and see. Those are the two key areas. You know, We do need that type of, that little bit of creativity, I still think. that We're looking a lot more balanced in that area than we were before. I think especially there was games around that kind of, you know, turn of the year, um, kind of period where we were kind of looking for some sort of inspiration. The goals have kind of dried up and so on. And from midfield, you've got kind of guys who are very defensive minded, and it didn't. It wasn't quite that killer pass that we now. Hopefully, with a player like Grant and with another one coming in, you, you kind of give yourself uh, a better chance to to, to create those moments. Um, but yeah, I, overall, it's been a it's been a pretty successful window, and you know, you get two more players in, it's. It really does go down as one of the best we've had for for a long, long time. I know you've mentioned this before, Gordon, but what did you make of the refereeing decision for Dungeon United's penalty? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a 
ridiculous decision, isn't it? And um, <sighs> uh, it was his first Premier League match of the season. I think we can see why. Um, to be fair, I thought first half the referee was all right. He didn't, you know, he was fine, but let the game flow, I thought. Um, and then second half, I don't know if he just got bored, but yeah, he, he did start making some questionable decisions and, um, you know, he, he was blown for free kicks that weren't free kicks. And um, like that one at the end, for example, I think it was uh, Ginelli got caught up in a, and a ruckus, and he was clearly fouled, and he gave the free kick the other way. So I don't know, but um, maybe he had both teams to score in his coupon or something. Um, and he's just he thought, oh, I'll give them a penalty. But yeah, poor, poor decision, disappointing, but uh, it didn't have any effect on the game. But clearly, it annoyed Craig Gordon, who was denied of his clean sheet. Does that change when VAR comes in, David? Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no contact. The guy's halfway on the floor before Mackay Stevens even had a chance to stick his leg in. So, yeah, it does get changed. Um, of course it does. Um, I mean, <clears throat> it comes as no surprise that these decisions crop up every week. Um, you know it's getting bad when sports scene keep mentioning VAR every game. Um, there really has been some howlers in the first couple of, couple of weeks, whether that be some offsides or contentious penalties and so on and it's been like this for however many years um my, my only worry is that will VAR changes because it's the same idiots that are going to be looking at these and they'll probably make the wrong decisions again um it's just the same down south in England they still have seem seem to have you know cock up after cock up I mean only look at somebody there with the guy getting his hair pulled and uh, he doesn't even get sent off. And I remember a famous Louis Van Gaal quote who said, only in sex masochism can you pull the hair. Otherwise, it's a red card. And that's very wise words from Mr Van Gaal. And uh, something that the Premier League uh, officials should have really thought of. Um, and I very much doubt the Scottish officials would think of anything like that. Um, I would imagine they'd probably give a book in the other way um, for diving or something, you know, unless you're wearing a, 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 a blue or a green and white hoop shirt. Um, but yeah, VAR is not going to get rid of controversy, Ross. So it doesn't matter, does it? Penalty, no penalty. I, I, I don't know why I'm getting on. I rate about it. it. Doesn't matter. We'll stop your anger, David, because we're off to Europe um, this week. Haha. <laughs> Zurich FC Zurich were playing on Thursday. Um, a team bottom of the Swiss league. Can you look too much into that? Um. Yes, I think I think I think you've got to look into it. Um. You know, some of the results have been very poor. Um. Certainly, I think it was the newly promoted side that they drew with, or something. Uh, I could be wrong, but anyway, it's a, it's a team that was just above them in the league. Anyway, um. On uh on Sunday there they drew one one. They scored a late equaliser. Sometimes that happens, I think, when a team wins at something or, or has a really good season when they're not really expected to, and then the hangover from it. Certainly if it's one of the smaller clubs, because it is FC Zurich, you know, you wouldn't think of FC Zurich when you talk about Swiss teams. You'd think of, you know, a Young Boys or Basel or Grasshoppers, you know. Um, the FC Zurich wouldn't be the first club that, that would come to mind. So um, I think it obviously must have been a bit of a shock them winning, winning the title and since then, they've, I think they've 
lost their manager and, and lost their top striker and things like that. So it's obviously had a little bit of an effect. There'll always be that pressure that comes with being the champions. But I think with them being in Europe, the pressure of, of playing in the league might be a little bit different. This might be a challenge that they may rise to, similar to, to what they had last um, last season where they went on and won the, won the title. So you can you can look at it um but I'd, again it's a different competition so i wouldn't i wouldn't look at it too much i think it's going to be a different game they'll certainly be up for it um you know it's a big opportunity for them i, I don't know how often they get to europe to be honest with you i think they got to the champions league once like maybe 10 years ago or something but um apart from that they, I, I i don't know how often they get to europe so it's a big carrot for them um, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they get to Europe all the time. So this is just one season that they uh, they don't really care as much about um, compared to us, where it's kind of a be-all and end-all, isn't it? I mean, the Europa League would be huge for us. I don't know how huge it would be for them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of these games where you just don't know how it, um, it's going to go. I think Hearts have, have players that can hurt them. I think we're a good side, and I think we should believe in ourselves. I don't think we should be scared of the challenge of going to and, and facing the Swiss champions because with the greatest respect, we we face two teams that are are much better than them and Celtic and Rangers and um, we've shown that we can compete with these sides. Um, I mean we beat Celtic last season and got a draw with Rangers. wasn't that long ago that we went toe to toe. We were well toe to toe is maybe a bit uh, an overstatement, but you know we finished nil nil after ninety minutes uh, against a team who were a penalty shoot away from winning the Europa League itself. So. I think uh, I think we should believe in ourselves. You know, we're we're, we're a decent outfit, and we should go there and uh, play our game, respect the opponents, but I don't think we should fear them. And um, I think if we do that, um, we've got a really good chance of of getting the result we want. And the most important thing I think is um, making sure that this tie is very much competitive, um, i.e., either level or a goal in it either way. I mean, listen, I'd like to be 4-0 up going into the Tynecastle game, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so at least if, if we do have that, to, not to hold on to, but to, to go into the game at Tynecastle under the lights, then um, I think it, it gives us the edge and I would make us favourites if um, if the tie is very much in the balance um, going into that second leg at Tynecastle. David, how, do, how does Robbie set up this game? Do, do we look too much into how Zurich play or should we just try and play our own game? It's difficult to say. I mean, obviously the heart of me is just saying just play how you did on Sunday. Um, but, you know, it's, as Gordon's alluded to, it's a completely different ball game. Um, I, I, think I'll, I think I won't be the first person to put their hands up and say I know absolutely sweet FA about the Swiss League other than that there's 10 teams in it and Zurich are one of them. Um so how the Swiss game compares to the Scottish game, I have no idea, but I imagine we'll be a little bit more pragmatic in our approach compared to, to previous games that we've played this season. Um, but it's hard to tell. I, I, I do kind of see us going with a back five on, on, on Thursday. Um, I just think it's, it's a formation that, that Nielsen seems to like. Um, and I think maybe in Europe, maybe widening the pitch as much as possible as we can can help us. Um, you know, we've got a lot of pace now for the first time in a while that we can really utilise, especially if we're, we're maybe going to try and set up on the counter, um, which, again, I wouldn't kind of be surprised to see us doing. Um, with the likes of, you know, 
Mackay and and possibly in Cochrane with his pace on the left hand side. You could even see Janelli and um, the case for him um, with the bags of pace that he has. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see how we approach this one. Um, it's kind of, you're kind of stuck between a, a rock and a hard place of what you do because you, you see how poor Zurich have started the season. You start you think to yourself, oh well, you know, there's nothing to fear. Why not go for it? Play your strongest team. Play the way you'd play to win any other match and and hope for the best um, and kind of have this, you know, who cares approach. But it's two legs. There's really no need to win um, this leg. Uh, the tie's not over after Thursday night. Um, of course, we wouldn't want to win it. But, you know, as we've mentioned, if you're going back to Tincastle with a nil-nil or a 1-1, it's, 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 you know, you're in a good position. You've got 18,000 behind you under the lights, a rocking Tincastle. Um, and it's probably not a, an atmosphere that many Zurich players would have played in in the past, um, judging by um, what I've looked at in terms of attendances around the Zurich Stadium, albeit there it's at a smaller stadium on, on Thursday, and by the looks of it, from a fan's perspective, a better one. Um, no Hamden-style running track around it. It'll be interesting, um, Ross, that's for sure. Um, I, I think... I think whatever happens, um, whatever team we play with, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly. I think we'll. Do, I do think we'll come away with a result. I really do. Um, I think the worst will come out of there is with a draw. Um, I just think as as we've kind of spoke about, we we need to stop playing down ourselves a little bit. We're a good team, you know. There's no denying that we are a good team. Um, I'd be interested to see the the budgets difference between what FC Zurich spend or what they usually spend in a year. Um, compared to Hearts, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think we need to go. I, I personally, I, I want to see us go into the game with this kind of, you know, um, we're the better team at you. Go in, play your stuff, show what you're made of, and, and get a good good performance and a good result out of there. But European football is different. It's not something we've had in ten years. So, well, I say ten years. Sorry, at this stage in ten years, obviously we'll we'll forget the shambles of twenty sixteen. Um, but yeah. Um, Overall, to be honest, Ross, let, let's be perfectly honest. Us three won't remember who we played, what we played, and when we played come Thursday night and Friday morning. So let's just go and enjoy it. Enjoy the, the shite weather that's planned to be there for the one day we're there and the expensive beer. Great. Exactly, David. Exactly. <laughs> the nail on the head there. Do you think top six is a, a good achievement for Hearts this season, Gordon? Shut up. I'm not even going to answer that. Um, no, I, I, just briefly going back there, quickly though, to um, to the way we'll set up on Thursday. Um, David's saying, you know, we'll set up a back five. I think I think that's inevitable. I think he's already alluded to that. He's going to go back to his 3-4-3 three, three, um, formation. I think Kingsley comes back in, I think. Um, I, I think the main question is, do you start Michael Smith or Nathaniel Atkinson? Um, that's that, that that would generally be the big question for me because I think in a three four three, I don't think you can necessarily play Smith. I think you've you've got to play Atkinson. Otherwise, there's an imbalance in that team there because with Cochrane, at least on the left, you know he can get forward and he can play that position where I think Atkinson, it suits him more. Um and there's not as much an emphasis on defending. Naturally, he will have to defend, but if he's in a back four, you know, he's he's got to defend more. Where at least if it's if it's a three four three, he can he'll have his fair share of attacking. Peter Haran probably comes back in as well. Um and it'll be interesting to see 
Uh, I would imagine he'll go with Devlin rather than Grant because um, that's just, just the way Nielsen is, unfortunately. Um, I think he will look to contain um, and then maybe bring players on as the game goes on. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's inevitable that we will we'll start. I think we will absolutely go with our, our back eight. Um, sorry, sorry, three four three, um, and 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 the away leg. Anyway, I don't know about the home leg, but certainly the away leg. I think that will be the case. Um, yeah, but top six, as you were saying, yeah, uh, laughable, laughable. I'd turn radio off when I heard it. To be honest with you, Alan Preston, I'll name you, said uh, he thinks that it will be, uh, it'll be a great achievement if Hearts make the top six because they're playing all these extra games. I would, and, and you had Leanne Crichton, who agreed with Alan. She says, oh, that's a very good point, Alan. No, it's not a very good point, Alan. I'll tell you why, you balloon, right? Hearts, right away, are miles ahead of every other team in that league, right? Not to mention, I mean, listen, I can understand, I can take the argument if, this, if Hearts are playing a, a European-style league right throughout until May. Totally understand that, right? But we're playing to what? Mid, Mid-November. So we've got the entire second half of the season after the World Cup, including a transfer window. But you never know, we might get through. We might get through. Teams and Scottish teams in the past have got through. Yeah, but how how, how far realistically are Hearts going to get in, in the... I mean, you know, we, we, we get knocked out here, we go into the Conference League, there's every chance. Mm, not sure about that one, but um, listen, I'd, I'd love to be wrong, absolutely. I would take a, a Conference League final over third in the league any day, but... Um, at the end of the day, it's just it's not going to happen. And I think Hearts will absolutely finish third. Yeah, it might be slightly closer than it was last season, but there's Aberdeen and Hibs at the weekend who are our supposed challengers, along with Dundee United, three clubs who are tipped to be in the, the race for Europe, all beat. All beat. So I think Hearts will be absolutely fine. I think we've got more than enough options. As we're saying, we're hoping we're going to add a couple more. To, uh, to continue to rotate the squad. It's a settled side, it's an experienced side now, a team that knows how to win uh, football matches at this level. Um, I just do not see anybody else that will, will get anywhere near Hearts, even with these, these extra games. Look, October could be a, a, a dodgy month for us. It might stretch the squad a little bit, but it's not going to be the case that uh, come November time or come the World Cup break, the Hearts are going to be 10, 15 points from third place. Even if they're only three, four, five points even, from third, I would still be more than confident that Hearts would turn that round in the second half of the season. Um, I just think Hearts have got a lot of quality, and I just think there's a bit of a disrespect from the media in particular. I mean, that is a, a, a ridiculous comment to suggest that Hearts would be lucky to make the top six just because they've got what four, eh, or it was a five extra European games. You know, it's just it's embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. Uh, and these these people get paid as well. Uh, to give their opinions, and and he's supposed to be an ex Hearts man, and all this nonsense. It's just, it, it really, really annoys me uh, when when you hear this sort of crap. Um, you know, we finished. How many points did we finish in in front of Dundee United? Was it eighteen or nineteen? Uh, aye, it was far too many. Yeah. And and then you're you're suddenly going to suggest that there's going to be a, a near enough a twenty point swing just because we've got an extra few European games. Unbelievable, honestly. Winds me up, it really does. Going back to the game though, Gordon, on uh, Thursday, Zurich aren't, as you said, a well supported team. Should we not go out and try and play our own game? 
Well, I never said they were a well, uh, not a well-supported team because I, I, I don't know that to be honest. Well, the crowd, the crowd there is not going to exactly be a full house in St. Gallen. I think the, the... it certainly doesn't seem to be the case, does it? Um, which, I mean, I, I, listen, they've had a poor start to the season. Maybe the fans aren't as connected to the team as as they maybe should be, but they just they, they want a title, so I don't know. But um, like I say, I, I don't know too much about FCG. They might be pissed off they sold their manager and we lost their manager and sold their best player and all this sort of stuff. So. So maybe there is that kind of feeling that's seeping into the to the team from the fans. But listen, it can only help, surely. You know, it's not as if we're going to a place that's going to be uh, really intimidating where the fans are, are, are going to be right on top of us. Um, particularly when you look at some of the uh, the teams we could have faced in the playoffs. Um, obviously, it looks like we'll have around a 1,000 Hearts fans who I'm sure will make a hell of a lot of noise, drunken noise. Um and uh, yeah, well, it's a heart shooting fear going there. I think uh, I think everything's just set up in Hearts' favour. I mean, I, listen, it might come back and bite us in the neck that, but I, I just generally think you know you you look at their start to the season, the teams we could have got, where the game's being played, the fact the second legs at Tyne Castle. I just think that this is a real opportunity for Hearts, and um, I really hope they go out and grasp it. Um, I said last season that that group stage European football is like winning a trophy. Getting to the Europa League will be like winning another trophy because it's massive for what it does for the profile of the football club. I know there's not too much difference between uh, the finances of the, the Europa League uh, and the, the Conference League, but just the, 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 the calibre of teams that you're playing against is just totally different. And as David mentioned earlier on there, you know, players might be uh, thinking, you know, am I going to come to this football club I'll maybe wait and see if they're in the Europa League or the Conference League. I, I generally think that is a factor because if you're um, in for a player and you've got Europa League group stages, particularly before the end of the season, uh, before the end of the transfer window, sorry, closes, Hearts will know what teams they're coming up against. And a player might just look at that, you know, oh, there's a wee trip to Roma or a wee trip to Old Trafford or, uh, you know, a wee trip to Berlin, any, any big tasty games. They'll look at that and go, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. So what's our predictions for Thursday then? Mm, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 1-1. One, one. I feel like every time I do this, Gordon steals the score I'm about to say. <laughs> I'll say, <clears throat> I'll go positive and I'll say 2-1 hearts. 2 Bouts of limbs in the Kaibun Park. That's what I'm going to say. Just don't jump on me. I want to enjoy my limbs. Why? No, because you. By the way, I'm not the prime culprit. There's worse people there that do that. It's not me. No, you are one of the worst, though. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, you just gonna, no, you just jump on me like I'm a big tree. It's ridiculous. Well, it's, hey, by the way, it's your fault. You're the only tall one in the group. I don't know. Ross is Ross is quite wanky. Jump on him. Nah, lang- it's not the lankiness, it's the stockiness. No, I know you won't fall over. Easter Road, wasn't they far away? <laughs> no, no, where was it? No, it was the. No, it was handed, we did fall. My- I know. <laughs> Demi- I, <final>. I, <laughs> I think I nearly hit a kid. Yeah, yeah. spilled our juice and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that was a tough one. I had a headache celebrating that goal, honestly. Mm. That second. 
Um, it'll probably be worse. Probably be spew on Thursday if we score. Probably. Hopefully they sell beer in the ground so we can continue. I know, eh? They better hangover start kicking in. Oh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Had that for Scotland games in the past. Not good. Can't be doing this no. again. Six, six, six o'clock for us, though, is a, a re... Well, hey, six o'clock. Six. Well, yeah. Well, seven o'clock Swiss time, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's, it's, it's all right. Still, not too bad. Should should be it should have been just enough day drinking to just get through that if there isn't any. Yeah, good yeah. seven eight hours of, of drinking should be fine. Is that? Exactly. Well, I wasn't I wasn't counting the night before. All right, <laughs> and and the the pint in the pub in the airport at six o'clock before our flight. Well, we'll we'll need to be there before six. We'll need to be there at like five. And then obviously we've got Celtic on Sunday as well. And we're just we're just not talking about that. Sorry, we've got to do it because you know we won't have a time to do it. Two words won't be going. No, no, first first, first away game I'll be missing uh, since I'm talking about games that we could actually go to in terms of away games. This will be my first away game because I, I never missed an away that we could go to last season. Um, so it'll be like 2019 Ross County away, maybe in like 2020 or something. I think it was the last away that we could go to that I missed. Um, yeah, I just I'm not paying the money to be honest with you. In between two European games, um, I just think that Celtic at the moment have got the bit between their teeth. Uh, we shouldn't fear going to Parkhead. But I just feel like that our our concentration will be elsewhere, similar, um, like it was towards the end of last season there, where we had a Scottish Cup final on the horizon. And although we're competitive, I thought in spells in that game, I didn't think it was necessarily a bad performance. I just feel like they have the ability to stick a few goals past anybody. Um, and unfortunately, at this because it falls in between the two European games, I just think. That we won't really be arsed, but um, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll have a go. But I, I can just see them maybe beating us two three nil, unfortunately. But if that's the case and that happens, as long as we get two good results in between them, nobody won't really care because the next run of fixtures after that, I think, was it's St Johnston and Livingston, and then uh, I think Motherwell maybe. So there's opportunities there to to go in and and get get those points back. Um, our so-called rivals for Europe have all dropped points last week. Um, I'd assume more of them might drop points this weekend. Um, so I don't think it'll be a too damaging a weekend for us if we were to, to lose the game. So um, it's disappointing that that trip to Parkhead comes so early in the season, but I guess you've unfortunately got to go there. Um, uh, you've just got to get over and done with. But hopefully we'll go there. We can um, be competitive in the game, see what happens. Um, but I just think Celtic at the moment are too strong. Can I push you for a prediction, David, before we end the show? No. Okay. <laughs> but I'll, what, for Celtic away? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'll probably be, I'm going to say the same score as the game last year. I'll say 4 1 Celtic. Uh, I, just think, I just don't think we care. Especially, yeah, I, I certainly don't. <laughs> You watch, we'll go, we'll go and win. We'll go and win at Parkhead. We'll, we'll go out the Europa League, but somehow win well, at Parkhead. It wouldn't surprise me, considering none of us will probably be going. We are the bogeys of Parkhead. I've never seen us get a point there. 
That's, I've only seen her score two goals. Games. I'll tell you something, like, my last few trips to Parkhead, we've, we have scored goals, but I don't think I've seen any of them. I've either not been in the ground or I've left already. Um, so, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I celebrated a meaningful goal at Parkhead. Was it Jamie Walker in 2014? Yeah. It, it, do you know, it probably would have been. <laughs> probably would have been, yeah. We went one night. Well, to, to be honest, it's the same as me. I've only seen two goals. It was that one and uh, Kyle Lafferty in the 3-1 when we were already 3-0 together. Yeah, I just, I just stuck my fingers up at them when we, when we scored that one. <laughs> Three 0 down. Really, what are you? You're not going to go limbs over a consolation, are you? But uh, no. just laugh. There were a few minutes. So, um, yeah, should have scored I, last season in the one 0 game. Yeah, listen, it was a disgrace. Uh, should have got nil nil draw. Um, Bobby Madden ruined us. Yeah, yeah, horrible man. But no, listen, it's it. It is what it is at Parkhead, isn't it? It's it's not a nice place to go. We'd have rather had this game um, midway through. Uh, maybe September or or even start of October or something when we're a little bit more prepared than then they had European games themselves. Uh, I think the fact that they haven't kicked the ball in anger in Europe yet um, isn't a great thing for us. Although, you know, I mean, I know they won 5-0 on Sunday. I watched it and I don't think they had to work for their goals. I thought they were, I thought Kilmarnock gifted them the majority of them. Um, but they're a dangerous team, and and certainly you know when they're at it, they can uh, they can cause anybody problems. I think um, I think the big thing Celtic have in their their favour is they've got so many options, uh, even on the bench if things aren't going for them. Um, with their their first eleven, they can bring on players that can go and go and score goals. Um, they can score goals from anywhere in the park. If you think you've contained them, you get Jota popping it in from 35, 40 yards. So. It's uh, yeah, it'll be a tough game for Hearts, but again, it's not. Um, I, I never want to write a game off because we we obviously talk, we always talk about how our record in Glasgow is poor and it has to change, and of course it does. And and I, we want to see Hearts go on and and be competitive through in Glasgow at Parkhead and Ibrox. But I think at the same time you have to um, you have to recognise where we are at the moment, and um, we've got a big European playoff and. See if Hearts were to rest some players, I wouldn't object to that. Really wouldn't object to that. I think the Europa League for me has got to be the priority at this moment in time. Thanks for joining me this week. Yeah, until next week. Goodbye.